mission trip and he was in China and uh, Korea. And when they were in China, they were going to meet with the Christians over there in China. And when they got there, they decided, the Christian, the Chinese Christians, decided not to meet with uh, the seminary group that Jeremy was with because they were afraid for their lives. You know? So they traveled all that way and they didn't get to fulfill what they were wanting to fulfill. So it's serious. I want you to bring your Bible. If you don't have one, we'll get you one. There's one in the pew. And I want to teach you a little bit about how um, to read your Bible, how to look at your Bible, and how to understand your Bible. We're going to do that first before we go into talk about the scripture today. So um, first of all, I want everyone to have a Bible. So get one. They're, they're all around you. I want everyone to pick up a Bible. Uh-oh. You all have some? Uh-oh. There's some Bibles over there. Um, I don't know who to send. Oh, you have it on your iPad. Your wife is like, I don't have a Bible, but Dustin has one. He's fine. Um, can we bring some up to them? Thank you. Everybody get day Bible. Um, right now, uh, I am reading um, out of the new interpreter's version, the NIV. Uh, this is probably my favorite version. There's all sorts of versions. The Methodist Church, I believe what you'll have in the Red Bible is NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version. And it, we've talked about this with uh, so many words in Greek. There's just some different sentence structure. It doesn't change the meaning, but um, the NIV is more masculine in nature, um, and it is more to um, the, the written from what the scripture's original intent was. Um, I have no problems with anyone writing in a masculine nature, but there are people that want it to be more gender neutral uh, and not just directed towards men. And so the NRSV is more gender neutral, uh, still saying the same thing, okay? Um, and if you have any questions about different versions, we can talk about that later. Um, in the front of your Bible, before Genesis chapter one, every single Bible has table of contents. Every single Bible, unless someone tore it out. Okay? And so if you struggle with finding books of the Bible, this is where you start. Okay? Now here's the tricky, the tricky, tricky thing. A lot of Bibles are um, numbered, right? From the Old Testament, which is uh, the books of the Bible that are the Hebrew, we also would call that the Hebrew Bible, written uh, in Hebrew, and those are, there's 39 of them, um, and the books start with Genesis chapter 1, and they go all the way through, Okay, so do you, do you see how everybody's is different? 
So you have to be careful with the page number, that it's just it's going to depend on the, the font type, what's going on. The Bible that I have is a study Bible, so there's lots of different graphics and things that go on, so it makes mine a little bit longer than most people. So then if you go to Matthew chapter 1, and this is the beginning of the New Testament, and this is the life of Jesus. And um, how many of you in your Bibles, in Matthew chapter 1, do you see at the top of that page, page 1? Some of you do. Not everybody. Mine actually says 1187. So this can be really confusing if you're reading the bulletin and it says page number, da-da-da, whatever it is. You've got to know if it's an Old Testament or if it's a New Testament scripture. And if you're unsure, where do you go? Table of contents. Okay? Whew. We're learning, aren't we? This is good. Um, and I'm not teaching you this because I don't think you know, but I want you to know where I'm coming from, okay? Now, here's the other thing that we Christians, we Christians, don't realize that we do to each other. When we have things printed in the bulletin like this, and you're a brand new Christian, and you have no idea what this means. You all see this? You guys, you all can't see this. Hold on, I'll turn it just, just for you to see. Okay. You see the Joshua part right down here? Okay, so uh, new, new people to the faith don't know what this is. And they don't understand it. And maybe old people to the faith don't really understand it either, so I'm going to teach it to you, alright? This is the book of the Bible. Exciting. You're there with me? This is the chapter. This, the verses. That's what these are. Now, you may have never had anybody explain that to you before, but now that's over, you can say I've explained it to you. Uh, book, chapter, verses. Uh, these things are important. If you look at your scripture, let's go back to Matthew 1. Matthew chapter 1, when I say Matthew 1, that's what I mean. Okay, do you see how there are the big chapter numbers that are there sitting in your Bible? And then next to the sentences are little numbers, and those are the verses. So the big chapter numbers are going to be bold. Some, sometimes they're in different color, but they're going to be set apart. And then the little numbers next to the um, lines, that means the verse. <coughs> what we don't realize sometimes is that people who have never been to church, people who don't know anything about church, get really lost when we talk about things like this. So we're all on the same page, and now you know how I feel about it, right? So why is this so important? that we understand things about the Bible? Why is it so important that we start here in the basics of our faith? Here's the problem. And I hear all the time. I, I, this week I heard it multiple times from multiple different people, none of them church people, in which someone will say to me, oh, well, you're a pastor, so how do you deal when the Bible says da-da-da-da-da? And I look at them and I say, well, how do you deal with this scripture verse? And they'll repeat it to me. And I'll say, well, what scripture verse is that? Nine times out of ten, nine times out of 
you know this? So my response typically is, oh my goodness, I would love to look that up. What is the book? What's the chapter? What's the verse? And they don't know. Because they think they know what's in the Bible, but they don't. So the problem is that there are all these people walking around thinking that they know what's in the Bible, but they don't know. Amen? That's a problem. And then your problem is, now that's the world's problem, but your problem is that you may not know enough of the Bible to know if that's true or not. Right? So we've got we've to learn, we've got to uh, start studying and know these things and try to figure them out. If somebody comes to you with scripture and says, well, the Bible says that you should never shop at any place that isn't Christian. Right? Then you say to them, oh my goodness, where is that? Can you show me? And don't be rude about it. No, you'd like to see, because maybe they, maybe there's something I don't remember. Right? And so you ask for that, that scripture, that chapter, that, that verse. Most of the time, you're not going to know it. Then, your problem is, you need to go find out. Is it in there? Is it not in there? What does it say? What does this scripture mean? Because if we just try to argue our faith all the time by taking uh, certain scriptures that people think that they know, right? If we try to argue our faith in that way, that's not what Christ wants us to do either. If somebody truly has a scripture that's on their heart, that's on their mind, that means something to them, and you're pretty sure it's not in the Bible, I don't know that it's necessarily your job to shoot them down and say that's not in the Bible. Maybe it's your job just to listen to them and ask them why they believe that way. Most of the time, people's objections to the Bible are about God's character more than what's actually in the Bible. So it's important for us to understand this, okay? It's vital. The second problem. So the first problem is we don't know the Bible, and uh, they don't know the Bible, right? So that's the problem. The second problem about the Bible is that we don't know our history of the Bible. And so people will bring things like the lost scriptures. I've heard about this, and I'm going to bring you these lost scriptures, and they should have been included in the Bible, and here they are, and see, ha, 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 I have this information that you don't have. How many people have done that to you ever, right? These lost scriptures of the Bible. Okay. We need to know our history about where our Bible came from. Would you agree? This is like a history lesson today, um, but I think it's important. So our Bible came from what is called a biblical canon. Not a gun canon, but canon, right? Um, the Greek word it means rule, biblical rule. The Bible wasn't actually written down until about the first century, and that's New Testament. The Old Testament was written down... Um, Actually, it's a really cool story I'll share with you. Um, my Quaker professor, who actually wrote notes in the study Bible that we all used in seminary, when he would tell us the story about um, when the Hebrew people wrote down the Old Testament, he would cry because it was so meaningful to him. Because the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, was written down when the Israelites had been uh, banished and exiled, and they were in um, they were in Babylonia, and they were 
first time they write it down is when they would be murdered to write it down. But that's the good thing about our tradition, about our faith, right? We have God on our side. So they write down these Old Testament scriptures. The New Testament scriptures were started being written down 30, 40, 100 years afterwards, and they were being circulated among the Christian communities. Uh, the letters of Paul, the writings of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, they were being circulated. And there were other things, too, that were being circulated at the time. But it was important for them to understand. Um, they, they based it on, on, on four different principles, and I want to share this with you. Um, the canon of the Bible is based on four different principles. The first one is, does it come from an apostle? Do we know that this writer comes from walking with Jesus, right? Or uh, someone that we would see as one of our church fathers. So this is one of the first tests of, of scripture of whether or not it would be included in our New Testament. The second one is, um, is it universally accepted among all the communities? Not just one community over here that thinks one thing, but all of the Christian communities, that everyone would look at this scripture and say, yeah, you know what, this is truth. Third thing was um, lit liturgical use. What's liturgical use, Pastor Lord? I hear you ask. What's liturgical? They um, They would read certain scriptures when they would do communion. And so uh, they based it off whether or not these scriptures were being read in the communities during communion. And it's called liturgical use. Like when we do call and worship, that's the liturgy. Uh, when we read scripture, it's part of the liturgy. When we um, sing certain songs, like this is liturgical use of the Bible. Um, and then finally, the fourth, the fourth thing was whether or not it was a consistent message. Was it a consistent message with all the other teachings that we have had? So these four principles are what made the biblical canon, the canon meaning the rule the, of, of um, church, of the Bible. Now, these uh, scriptures circulated for a thousand years. It wasn't until the 15th and 16th century that they actually had meetings together over the biblical canon, right? So all these letters and things from Paul were circulating. Um, the Gospels were circulating. Things were, were happening in that. And it wasn't until the 15th or 16th century that people got together and said, you know what, we're going to talk about the Bible. We're going to say that these are the scriptures and this is what's important. But here's the important thing to us. Here's the important thing to us. The Bible is the inspired word of God. Amen? It's not just people's feelings. I mean, of course we interpret things our own way, but God inspired these writers to write down what they did. Now, God didn't write it down. God didn't take the pen or the printing press, but he used us like he's been using for thousands of years, and he used the people of the time and gave them a message, and they wrote it down. So somewhere someone wrote something down. And the community circulated it. And then by these four principles, um, does it come from one of the apostles? Is it universally accepted? Do we use it in communion? Are we doing it when we baptize? The scripture that we look to, is it a consistent message? 
We have got to be reading our Bible daily. We have got to be using the scriptures. We've got to be using this message of love and, and forgiveness and grace and, and, and triumph and people who would be killed to, to write this down. This is freely at our use, and we've got to be doing it every single day. So if you are not reading your Bible every day, then you're not doing what you should do. Wow, Pastor Laura said it, but it's true. There are countries right now in which you could be killed for owning a Bible, and I've got an office full of Bibles. We've got to be putting our faith into action by learning what it is that God, God wants us to know about being a Christian. That's where we start. So it's pretty basic. This Bible is our instruction guide. How to live life. On what to do in, in situations. How is it that we can take scripture from these uh, times thousands of years ago and we can apply it to ourselves? Go back to Joshua chapter 1. I want to share it with you. Now here's the story about Joshua. Joshua was taking over after Moses, right? Moses died, which is really kind of a sad story, right? So Moses is up on the mountain. He sees the promised land, right? He knows that it's there. He's been wandering around the desert. Moses is the cool guy, right? We like Moses. And he's wandering around the desert, and he dies before he gets to the promised land, right? God doesn't leave the Israelites by themselves. He brings them up, and he says, great news. You have a new leader, Joshua. And he says to them over and over again, Joshua, be strong, be courageous. You know, you're going to be up against all these terrible things, but you can do it. Be strong and be courageous. I'm going to be with you. Don't you worry. I'm going with you, Joshua. I'm going to help you lead these people. Be strong, be courageous, right? And then God says to them, keep this book, this is, this is verse 8, keep this book of law always on your lips. You want me to follow, um, to, to show you, you want to follow me, this is what God is saying, you want to follow me, you want, to, want me to show you where you need to go, then you need to keep this book of law on your lips. You need to meditate on it night and day so that you would be careful to do everything that's written in it. Because the people were easily forgetting all the hardship they had been to because now they were in the promised land. God is saying, don't forget where you come from. Read this. This is your instruction. This is going to show you what you need to do with your life. It's going to take you and it's going to change you. And it's going to make you who you are. It's going to change your life. When I was called into ministry when I was 14 years old, I read scripture from Jeremiah changed my life. You ever been in that, moment, in that moment where scripture changes your life? This is Old Testament. Jeremiah chapter 1. He calls, God calls Jeremiah like he called Joshua, like he's called people all the time. And these words spoke to me. So Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4 and it was if God was writing these words for me the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you.
before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. O oh, sovereign Lord, I said, do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say that I am too young. You must go everywhere that I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. This scripture changed my life. Scripture, though it may be old, can still change life. God can use you and speak to you through scripture. You all have the answers in your bulletin, the little yellow piece of paper. I'm going to teach you how to look at scripture. This week, <laughs> your charge, your job, and the
We had to learn every single book of the Bible. We had to know it by heart, and we had to know how to spell it. You're welcome, because I know that's over to you. But don't you think all pastors should be able to do that? So I won. I got it. I got an A. I learned that little Bible song. Anybody else learn the little Bible song? All the books of the Bible? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Do you guys know the song? Jerry, you know. Where are you, Jerry? I know you know. I remember. Jim remembers it. Hmm. Okay. So pop quiz next week. How many books are there in the Bible? I pray for you that um, you are able to open these scriptures and you're able to find God in the midst of all of this. That God has a message to say to you. That God had a message to say to me um, from Jeremiah that he said to Jeremiah that he's been saying to people for thousands of years, God has that message for you too. So I pray that you can open your Bibles and you can find God's words and you can write it on your hearts and you can meditate on it all day and all night. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we thank you so much for all that you have given us this day. Help us, Lord, to be your people. Remind us of where to look for your inspired word. And teach us, Lord, the great history of our faith. In your loving name we pray. Amen.